The Way It Is with Sunan. Now, and you're welcome back. And he's come in with a camera on a tripod uh, today. But uh, welcome back, Paul, um, for our last session for the time being. For the time being. But you'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back down the line. You're staying with pain today. We, We spoke really the last kind of two weeks about pain and things that you mightn't have thought mm-hmm. about in terms of pain. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's really important for people to, I suppose, just open their awareness up to all these uh, weird and wonderful factors that are associated with pain. Um, because, yeah, they're all they're all really relevant. Pain and loneliness. That's yes. something most of us won't have thought about. No, mo- usually people think of pain. It's always related to something physical, a physical injury, a damage somewhere in the body. But um, there's there's good evidence to show loneliness has a strong association with pain. Now, not that it necessarily causes pain in the first place, but it certainly seems to be associated with someone's risk of having pain and also for pain to become an issue in that person's life, pain to maybe persist. Um, so we can talk. Yeah, we'll talk a bit to that, yeah. And is that because it's taking over somebody's life who doesn't have a lot of other things to think about because they're Mm. lonely, because they're on their own? Or are Uh, there other reasons? Yeah, any number of reasons. So I suppose uh, to jump into that, um, like loneliness has huge effects on our health. Okay, so um, researchers have been able to figure out it has similar effects uh, on our health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day does. Um, and obesity as well. All right, it's linked to cardiovascular health. It's obviously linked to depression. And like I said, it is linked to pain. We know that, like we talked a couple of weeks ago about posture and how posture maybe isn't the best way to figure out, okay, if someone has such and such a posture, they're more likely to suffer from pain down the line. We, We can't really tell from posture. But loneliness, we know if you look at a big group of people, Uh, people who are lonely are more likely to suffer from pain down the line. So on your question there, um, loneliness affects our health both indirectly, so indirectly through like unhealthy behaviours. So people might be, they might have worse diets, they might be less active, they might be getting out there less to spend time with people that they, they love. But it also directly affects our health. It's not just through these indirect behaviours. You can see chemical changes in the body um, that occur as a result of loneliness. Uh, you see changes in the nervous system, in the brain, the, the nerves, in the immune system. Um, that responds to loneliness, inflammation, these sorts of things. Uh, the endocrine system, so your hormonal system, you do see changes again um, that relate to loneliness, as well as the cardiovascular system, so your heart, your your, your um, blood vessels and the rest of it. Um, so not only does it indirectly affect us through these behaviours, it does have a physiological effect on the body. And we're not talking about being alone because Mm. people can be alone and not lonely at all, be quite happy in their own company, can't they? And Mm -hmm. some people can be lonely amongst lots of other people. Absolutely. It's a really important point as well. Uh, And that's something that the researchers in this area all talk about. Loneliness is a subjective feeling. Uh, And as you know, and I'm I'm sure you know plenty of people, some people need plenty of connection. They need to see lots of people in their week to feel fulfilled socially. And other people might only have a small few select people that they just, Mm. if they get to spend time with them, they feel fulfilled. So very subjective. Absolutely. Uh, And that's really important as well. It's that feeling that you have the support. Um, And I... 
Yes, go on. Yeah, just what is it about loneliness then that actually can make us more vulnerable to pain? Doesn't yeah. cause pain, but more vulnerable to yeah, pain. What so, is it? So again, touching into maybe those behaviours like I talked about, the indirect uh, approach um, through unhealthy behaviours, we'll say. Um, but like I said, it affects our nervous system. It affects our immune system. It affects our endocrine system. So the hormones, these are intrinsically linked to pain. So things like in the immune system, inflammatory markers might make us more sensitive to pain. Um, the nervous system as well. We know this, this health of the nervous system, the nerves, the brain, the spinal cord, um, that can also influence pain as well. So it's almost like the way I look at it, too, um, is like, uh, you, you, there's a lot of talks of forest fires at the moment in Europe um, and how climate change has a massive role to play in that. Now, climate change doesn't spark the fire itself, but climate change provides the environment that the fire can thrive in, you know. And for me, something like loneliness can almost create the environment that if something is sparked, an injury, a pain is sparked, mm. It provides the environment for that to become more of an issue. So we're, we're, we're saying loneliness kind of brings you down. It makes you depressed. It makes you feel mm. bad. Yeah, yeah, it does. And, and we know that mood issues also link to pain. Mm -hmm. So again, all these factors are sort of no one factor is the cause, we'll say, of pain, but they all come into the mix. It's like all ingredients in the pot, we'll say. Sleep also has an effect. Sleep does too, absolutely. So again, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about posture and not really being associated too much. Sleep, if you think about sleep, we have to spend about a third of our lives asleep uh, for optimum health. We, we know this um, and lots of important things happen while we sleep um, and it is linked to pain. Again, whether it's predicting pain in the future or for people who actually suffer from pain, we know sleep is so important. And for me, if someone comes in to see me with a persistent pain issue and they tell me, oh, I get five hours sleep a night, that's one of the first things I'm going to want to address with them. And if I can't help them, then um, someone else who's maybe trained in that might be required. So, so important. If you think about sleep as well, in terms of the effects on our health, it almost clears the brain of the waste products that accrue during the day. Um, there's these things called amyloid plaques. Have you ever heard of them? Probably not. I wouldn't expect it. In the brain. It. In the brain, yeah. yeah. So they're associated with dementia. Yes. They're associated with Parkinson's. Now, everyone has them. They're normal. But what seems to be an issue is maybe when they accumulate to a point. And we know when people have a good night's sleep, it actually helps to clear some of these out. Um, also, we know that good sleep helps with healing of the tissue. We know wounds heal better when people sleep better. Mm. So again, when it comes to maybe someone having an injury, you could see how that would help with recovery. Um, better sleep and also the immune system. Sleep and the immune system are so interconnected and we know the immune system plays a key role in pain, particularly pain associated with inflammation and pain associated with uh, more persistent pain issues. So any number of ways it affects it. And also it is linked to injuries. We know daylight savings, you know, when people lose that hour of sleep um, with daylight savings, we see a spike in workplace injuries the next week. Um, so it is linked to pain and other researchers have shown 
um, that it is. So important. Um, just a, a question in from a listener who says, Hi Sue, I suffer from wear and tear in my lower back. I also have arthritis of the spine. I'm in constant pain. What can I do to ease it? Yeah, yeah. That's and that's look, it's it? any number of things. So again, like, look, there are things people can do acutely. You know, there might be things you find actually help to relax you, help to relax the muscles. So, you know, heat, a nice warm bath. They can be things people can do in the short term to help. But these things like sleep, um, making sure you're on top of that. Uh, any issues around mood and loneliness, activity, exercise, so important. And then naturally, look, for someone with their own specific issues, mm. seeing a physiotherapist who can give them an active approach. So I wouldn't waste my time going to someone who's just lying you down, strapping a few things onto you and not you taking an active approach to actually take this head on yourself. Um, because sometimes those passive treatments, yes, they can be nice. Yes, they can give relief. But in the long run, they don't really offer too much. You help. talked about that in the very first session in here as well, is the importance of exercise. But back pain and hearing somebody in constant pain, mm. it's really it's really hard, isn't it? Is. it? And there's probably no painkiller, I would guess, that's mm. going to take Definitely that person not, look, out of the constant pain. Not in the long pain. run. Not in the long run. And we know... Persistent pain, it's, it's a really difficult topic. Mm. The, the leading researchers in this area, they know so much about it, um, but they still struggle. They still struggle. And it's something that is a, it's an ongoing fight, I suppose, in the healthcare system. But I suppose working with a good physiotherapist can be a good place to start. Again, someone who can help you take an active approach okay. to this. So just to address that person, obviously we don't know the specifics. You yeah. don't know the specifics of that. Mm. You you mentioned warm baths. You mentioned go talk to somebody who'll create an exercise. Yeah, like an exercise program, maybe a plan yeah. based on what they want to do in their life, and then finding that level. To, to build up from. Okay, and then look at sleep, your sleep habits. Yes, things like sleep are important. Again, loneliness and connectedness, um, like we talked about again, so much easier said than done. Yeah. But trying to see if there's something that can be done in that area. Um, even things like beliefs and behaviours are key. So again, if someone's terrified because, like that person mentioned, they have arthritis in their back or they sometimes people see a scan and they know they've issues with discs or, mm -hmm. or this, that, the other. That can hold them back, you know, and sometimes working with the right therapist to try and find out, OK, what is OK to do? What am I able to do? How can I move more freely um, and build it up from there is really important. Um, but it's not a it's a long process, Sue, especially if someone's had it for a long time. Um, but improvements can be made. OK, even though it's wear and tear. So the wear and tear thing is an interesting one. So just a note on that, Sue, um, our, our understanding of wear and tear is, isn't really where it should you be. You talked about that before. No, yeah. and yeah. A, a few really interesting points on that is research that's been done in runners. OK, so runners who take lots of load through their knees, through their hips, multiple times their body weight with every stride goes through their knees, goes through their hips. 
Now, what do you think might happen to runners down the line if that's happening to their knees and hips? Like for you, what, what would you expect to see in their knees and hips? That their joints get damaged and they get mm. arthritis or something like it. Yeah, yeah, and that's what often people would expect. And a lot mm-hmm. of physios would have thought the same. A lot of people would have thought the same. What we actually see is runners get less osteoarthritis in their knees and hips. Yeah, they get less osteoarthritis in their knees and hips. Also, research that was done looking at spines and discs of runners and even cyclists shows they have healthier discs in their spines. And this is, again, multiple times their body weight coming through these joints, coming through these structures. But again, it's that very fact that they're moving all the time. They're moving. So there seems to be a protective, exactly, seems to be a protective response. The body responds and adapts. And that feeds into what we were talking about for the first few weeks, this adaptation, our ability to adapt and become resilient. Okay, stay with us. Um, With me in studio is Paul Bulger of Nano Physiotherapy. And we're going to come back and ask uh, how we can make ourselves resilient to pain. And we've got another question for you here, Paul, as well. The Way It Is with Sunan, sponsored by Drakeland's House Nursing Home Kilkenny, a home from home health. August Falger Ash, we're talking about pain and with me in studios, Paul Bulger of Nano Physiotherapy. Um, talking about pain relief, uh, Paul, this listener says there's a six year, six year mm. waiting list for pain relief in Vincent's. Yeah. Is, is that countrywide? Yeah, that kind of a pro- That's probably an extreme one. But I've heard of cases of three, four year waiting list for physiotherapy. Now, they're the low priority cases, but generally the low priority cases are the chronic cases. Yeah. So they've probably been dealing with that for years already. And then they have to wait three years, four years to see physios. So that's part of the reason why Michael and I have set up the classes that we have um, to give people, I suppose, affordable access to a a type of physiotherapy Mm. service that we know is effective. Yeah. You know, so... um, but yeah, it's an issue. It's a big problem. Very tough. Okay. Um. Finally, then, how do we make ourselves resilient to pain? Yeah. yeah. Sleep. You talked about loneliness. Sleep, you talked about loneliness. Yeah. And and just one final word on wear and tear. I suppose the understanding that people have is that oh, you wear the body down. It's it's almost like a brake pad on a mm. car that it just wears down and wears yeah. down with use. But it's not like we said with runners. They actually get less arthritis in their hips and knees. Movement exercise using the body seems to be protective. There seems to be a degree that if you go way, way, way beyond your capacity, you might cause some harm. Mm-hmm. So finding your level and building up from there is absolutely key. Um, but using the body exercising. So what can people do? What can they do? So um, the exercise guidelines we talked about, I think it's week four. So people can find them on the KCLR website. We have them up on our website, too. We've put a direct link to that. Um, Getting active, getting at least your 150 minutes a week is associated with better pain outcomes. Um, No matter what your pain is, nearly. uh, Nearly. As long as you're... And look, I'd be careful of like, look, if someone's in acute raging pain, it's hard to exercise. But that said, movement in the way that they can is important. That's where maybe a physio can help someone individually, you know. But across the board, generally, if people aren't overly restricted, being active will reduce their risk of developing pain issues and also reduce their risk of pain becoming persistent if they do get pain. Because pain is not a problem if it works the way it's supposed to work. It becomes a problem if it becomes persistent, if it starts to linger around longer than we want it to. 
being active helps to reduce the risk of that. Sleep, like we said, is key. So people who are listening to this and if they think, oh, I'm a terrible sleeper, Google sleep hygiene if you haven't done that already. Some fantastic tips on sleep, what you can do during the day and around the time you sleep and give it some serious attention. If you've been a bad sleeper for five years, it's not going to get better in a week or a month. This takes time and conscious Retraining effort. yourself. Literally retraining yeah. yourself. It's like a habit. Um, and if people have trouble with insomnia, so waking up and not being able to get back to sleep or racing thoughts, psychologists deliver the gold standard treatment for insomnia. So that would be the best type of treatment for your insomnia in the long run to try and get in with a psychologist. Again, publicly, that might be difficult, but these are the steps that are important when it comes to something like connection. Okay, so look, a couple of simple tips on connection. Again, this is easy to say if someone has serious issues with loneliness, this might be harder to do. But connecting with people that you feel yourself around, connecting with people that you enjoy the company of and spending more time with them is really important. Or simply joining a club or community group that shares similar values or interests with yourself. Again, that's a great way to connect with people that you might bounce off of. And if needed, seek help where required. So I was chatting to a lady from Alone recently, Mm -hmm. the charity Alone, who did fantastic work. She said since COVID, especially their funding and resources have massively, I think they've tripled nearly. Um, So they are helping a lot of people, more older people. I believe around the country. So if anyone listening or anyone knows someone um, who they feel could use that service, Google alone. Um, they've got their phone number there on their website and they'd be more than happy to chat. Um, but also, I think it's important to draw attention to not just to individual things we can do about this, but also as a society, it's important to to make sure that you know we provide a society that has adequate access to healthcare. We talked about waiting lists yeah. there access to quality healthcare, not just band-aid treatments, not just giving someone a prescription when more is needed. Uh, good quality healthcare, good quality education and health education and access to good leisure facilities, good, safe outdoor areas for people are happy to exercise and spend time um, and where they can engage in their community and do meaningful activities. And actually on that note, um, this is just Jumping back to pain, Sue, there are other uh, things that do impact pain besides these, but we won't get into them today. But things like stress, diet, obesity, mood, um, fear of pain, like pain beliefs, they all we know they're linked to pain. One really interesting one that really struck me when I heard about it was early life experience. So traumatic experiences in childhood, neglect, psychological, sexual abuse in childhood, these are linked to pain issues in adulthood. So more persistent pain as well as other health issues. So that's where I think on an individual, but also on a societal level, there's so many things that can be done to try and, you know, reduce the burden of pain. OK, well, look, um, thanks for uh, sort of dispelling some of the myths and doing your own bit of um, education for our uh, listeners, Paul. It's really um Appreciated. And just another question Mm -hmm. before we wrap up. Um, Hey, Sue, does massage or joint mobilisation help with an arthritic joint? They're asking me, but it's really you they're asking, Paul. Yeah. Um, Again, it can give you some some nice relief. So if if it's short term relief you're after, it can certainly give a bit of relief. Um, 
for that long term management, uh, again, it comes back to a lot of what we were talking about today. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the blog is up there and that's there and it's free gratis for yep. everybody. And that was the whole idea of you coming in in the first place mm-hmm. was Paul was physio for all. And you've been great to do that. Um, and that's up there. Give us mm-hmm. the address again. Yeah. So the, it's at nanophysio.ie. Yeah. We've got the blog, which has everything we talked about today and more on it. Um, we've got our Instagram up there as well. So there'll be a little clip of this in the next week or so going up on Instagram too, which is nanophysio or nano underscore physio and Facebook nanophysiotherapy, where again, we'll be putting updates out there. So again, if people want to follow along to get some more updates on these sorts of things, um, they'll all be going up there. Fantastic. Mm. Last question. Yes. Two big sporting occasions coming up. Now, I know yep. you're not a sport, sports physio, but for the women in Australia, can you imagine now they're nine hours ahead of us? So I suppose mm. they're kind of going What's to that? bed. They're probably they? bed. You'd hope yeah. they are anyway. <laughs> yeah, you hope they are. And getting good sleep getting good as well sleep. To, to mind their pain. Um, what will they be doing? And then what will they be doing the guys mm. going uh, up oh, to Croke Park on, weekend, on Sunday. The big yeah. one. Yeah, so uh, I've had a bit of experience myself in these environments and, and usually the night before you might run through a few things with the team, a few final tactic things and just almost a reassurance that, look, we've done the prep, we've got our plan um, together and then they'll have maybe a team dinner and a few nice, easy, relaxing activities because the last thing you want is getting them too hyped up the night before the game. They won't sleep. Yeah. Sleep is key. So important. Then the next morning they'll get up, have their team breakfast together. Again, probably run through some some team things, some individual things. So I know Ireland are playing Australia mm-hmm. who have some fantastic players. I think yeah. one I can't think of her name now, the Australian striker who's just lethal. If she's playing one of the Irish centre backs or both of them will definitely be taken aside and talked through about what, what they need to be thinking about on the day. And then um yeah, the final prep, I suppose, a lot of it comes to timing, Sue. You want to make sure that you get the balance right between hyping them up, but not hyping them up too early uh, and getting them going at the right time. And from a physio point of view, will will the, will the physio be kind of checking them out or yeah. how would that work? Yeah, there's probably be, you know, if anyone has any niggles or injury issues, they'll probably be going through a little fitness test, mm. a bit of strapping, a bit of massage just to help people just again give a bit of relief loosen things out a bit and that looking at very much at the individual bodies as you've been talking to us about throughout this exactly series as well they'll all be uh, all be different and what Mm -hmm. about the hurlers then the hurlers um, Asher they know what they're doing (laughs) they've been there a million times before no it'll be it'll be similar it'll be very similar approach uh, and a lot of it's focusing at the right time again with the physio side things any niggles bit of strapping, bit of a rub, uh, a bit of reassurance always goes a long way. Yeah. Am I yeah. all right? I'm feeling a bit of pain here. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But that's it. Give them a rub, give them a strap. Tell them, look, we've been through this. We've tested it out. You're good to go. And they just motor through pain, of course, don't they? Yes. In both cases, yeah. don't they? Yeah. yeah. Pain on the sporting field. Do they a- just not feel it? Sometimes they don't, yeah. Sometimes they don't. Again, I've been, I've played rugby over the years and sometimes lads would have a woeful bruise that comes up hours later and they have no idea where it came from. 
Yeah. Same on the hurling pitch. The psychology of that is yeah. interesting, isn't it? It really is. Having yeah. talked about pain from the other yeah. perspective. No, it's Listen, incredible. Paul, it's been great. Thank you so much for joining us. Best wishes uh, to Michael. Yeah. Sorry Thanks the cousins much. didn't get through to the That's, All Ireland. It's but all there good. you go. That's all good, Sue. Um, no, look, and I really appreciate your support the last while. And with the classes, they've definitely, uh, we've gotten a bit of a boost in the classes, and there's great hype there too. Oh, uh, brilliant. And just involved. remind us again then about yeah. the classes. People may want to join in. So yeah, nanophysiotherapy, they're really for people who either feel quite unfit or deconditioned and don't quite know where to start when it comes uh-huh. to exercise or also uh, people who've had health issues and or pain issues, issues with their body and they want to get moving, they want to work on their health. So we Tuesdays and Thursdays in the watershed. Details are on our website. We've got a phone number there. People are free to call. Great. We'd be happy to chat about and it. And people, I've seen it, people would be very safe with you. That's the really important message. Absolutely. Yeah. As well, they don't need to be afraid of, of hurting themselves or no. whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Paul Bulger, thank you so much. The Way It Is with Sunan. 